0: the angels played five games over four days up in seattle washington and john and i are going to recap those games and we're going to talk about a few players and a few notes that we saw this weekend as the angels played the mariners plus we're going to open up the mailbag and we're going to hear from you you're locked on with mike and john and this is locked on angels you are locked on angels your daily los angeles angels podcast Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Those listening on the audio side, you can rate and review the pod. It helps people to find it. And if you're watching on the video side, you can subscribe and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Angels. Happy Monday, you're in with the Frisch
1: Brothers, aka the Super Halo Bros, my name is John and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my brother John. And it's times like these where it feels good to be a longtime fan of the Angels. Like you and I, Mike, we're so happy that the Angels took four out of five games against the Seattle Mariners this weekend and that's something that you and I were really hoping that they would be able to do at least come out of this weekend with a series win and they got it in a big way.
0: It, it was huge because taking three of five, even maybe like losing two or three, right? Like that would have been I thought I thought a three of five would have been a terrible weekend. So to take four of five is fantastic. And we gotta give a high five to Mike Trout, who was our offense this weekend, (laughs) right? And everything started on Thursday, he hit two two-run home runs. Yeah, he did. And 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 then backed up Otani, who pitched six innings. I think this is like one of the first times that Trout has actually been in a game when Otani no started. Kidding, man, and so that was a great win for us to get us off on the right foot on Thursday. And then Friday was disappointing because Friday was an eight nothing. I'm sorry, eight one loss, and the offense really struggled. Robbie Ray looked like the Cy Young winner. He was last season. And so when we lost on Friday, I, I don't want to say I lost hope, but there was a part of me that was like, man, we're going to have to rip off three in a row <laughs> and we're going to have to win back to back games on Saturday. But John, the angels did exactly that. They did it. Yes. Robbie Ray took a
1: no hitter into the seventh inning and everyone said, Oh, here we go again. Cause we had That's just annoying. been so close to being no hit against the Dodgers. And so here we are again, looking at staring down the barrel of a no hitter once more. But that was broken up by a Max Stassi single, and then Shohei tripled. Matt Duffy got an RBI that brought him in. So the uh, official scorer was uh, wiping his brow of sweat, thanking <laughs> Otani yeah. for getting that triple because that was when that's when you really knew that the game was the no hitter was over. But I have to mention right. Michael Lorenzen in that game. He really struggled and. He wasn't complaining about the fact that he struggled afterward. Michael Lorenzen owns up to the fact that when he stinks, he stinks. And he is the first guy to admit that. But he hit Justin Upton in the head with a wild pitch and really took issue with the balls not being rubbed up with mud. Every baseball in Major League Baseball is supposed to be rubbed up with mud, standardized and given to each team so that they are even and on an even playing field. And boy, Lorenzo just really struggled. He said the balls were really slippery. And then if you remember, Ryan Tapera on Friday night asked the umpire for about five or six different balls. And every time yeah. he got one, he was throwing them away saying, nope, not that one. Nope, not yep. that one. And then you could see a mouth. They're not rubbed up. They're not rubbed yeah. up at all. So he spoke after the game. Michael Lorenzo spoke about the issue that took place. And, and you know, of course, he's going to be upset about hitting Upton in the head because nobody wants that. And I think that I just really wanted to make that clear that Michael Lorenzen wasn't making excuses for his performance, but he was saying that, look, MLB's creating a very dangerous environment with this kind of stuff. If they can't get consistent with the production of their own baseballs, then we're going to have a problem, and it's going to continue to be a problem.
0: Well, and these guys know what the baseballs feel like. I mean, they're holding on to. Right, they're holding on to so hundreds of baseballs a day, and so they're gonna know when it feels different. And so if they're gonna throw baseballs out, then as the ump, I think you just gotta keep giving them a new one. And if they if they're not going to be satisfied with it, I I think you wait until they're satisfied with it because what we saw with Lorenzen and Upton, like that's a dangerous, dangerous situation. Right. right? It's also good this weekend to see that Justin Upton has been himself. (laughs) He hasn't only got like hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> right? There was a bit of nerves about that as he was playing us like is he going to crush us nah he just had one hit so yeah. it was it was good but talk about that that double header on Saturday Johnny man yeah. it was great to see them get back to back wins
1: back to back wins in a double header nine inning double header for the first time since 2015 of course game 1 was a win 4 to 2 Mike Trout had the winning two run home run in the top of the 10th against the Seattle bullpen and then game 2 Uh, He won three to nothing. Trout hits his fourth home run in the series and Walsh adds on with a pinch hit home run. And what's funny is Mike Trout had four go ahead home runs. The first time that's happened in American League history in this series. And that was really cool. It was in one series. He had that many winning home runs for the game. And then, of course, in those games, you saw Jose Suarez pitch and he went four and a third, four hits, three walks, seven Ks, 95 pitches, the first inning took him 27 pitches to get out of there, but I yeah. fully believe that if he had not had that kind of an inning, he got out of his own jam, but if he had not that kind of an inning, he could have been able to at least get to the fifth or the sixth.
0: Well, the Angels cap it off on Sunday with a 4 nothing win, yeah. and Trout continues to make up for his 0 for 26 <laughs> right. during that losing streak, right? <laughs> I mean, he was our offense this weekend. And so I got to tell you, as a fan, that was so much fun to watch. Yeah. But it also made me a bit nervous because Trout was our offense yeah. all weekend long. There's there are some
1: instances where, you know, you saw Jared Walsh come in and, and get a two-run two home run, and then I was actually pleasantly surprised with some of the gap-to-gap hitting that some of these guys were doing. Like, you saw some production out of Max Stassi, even like Tyler Wade, had some good hits, and, and uh, it was just great to see that um, while Trout led the offense, you did see some guys contributing in, in small ways. Kurt Suzuki had a two-run double, and yeah. so, yeah, there was just uh, some instances where it did look like Mike Trout was the only one providing for us, and while his runs were ultimately the runs that got us the win, you really got to give credit to the guys who were able to contribute here and there, but then the bullpen would come in and lock it down too. So we, ha- we had a couple of observations throughout this weekend, Mike. Why don't you start us? I
0: really love the approach of the starting pitching this weekend. Mm. They seem to really be ready to go. They had a game plan. And what I loved about what happened on Saturday in game one was watching Patrick Sandoval yeah. really focus in. Now, I had an observation. There's a gap between ace Patrick Sandoval and regular Patrick Sandoval. Ooh, he pitched okay. really, really well. But the gap, in my opinion is strike one. Yes. He has to get strike one sooner, not ball one. And his stats from Saturday were great. Six innings, four hits, one run, five Ks, 91 pitches thrown. Yeah. Like, you, you, that is a great start from him. And he he's leading the team in ERA and quality starts and, and really has been, outside of Otani, has been that ace mm-hmm. that they can count on every time he goes out there. But I think that he is a seven, maybe even eight inning pitcher. Yeah. You know he if wants he it, starts. Right, if he starts with strike one, if he's actually really focused, he just gets lost in some of those at bats where he's trying to fling that slider and try to hit the corner and it often will bounce or it misses terribly. And you could tell he was frustrated with himself. Yeah. But I think the gap between ace and being really good is him focusing in and getting strike one and then getting strike three. Yeah. And getting or getting some contact, right? right? To where he's not getting into this six, seven pitches per batter because that's going to eliminate him from going deep into games.
1: Yeah, it looks like there's still mechanical issues in terms of his legs and his up upper half matching his bottom half, and uh, that was really noted a lot by Mark Gubiza. His, his best performances are when everything's in sync and in control. How about Jose Suarez looking like the guy that we were used to last year where his pitches... Were actually working and he was getting yeah. strikeouts and he was his stuff looked good once again it hadn't looked good prior to this start and when I say that he looked like the guy from last year that's with the caveat that he did only go those you know four and a third innings yeah. and and again it goes back to that first inning where he really struggled but if he can keep that pitch count down remember he had a complete game against Texas last year and I really hope that he could get back to that kind of performance moving forward, so hopefully Suarez can begin to figure it out and be more efficient with his pitches. And when the uh, when the Angels needed add on runs, you know it, it looked like perhaps all of the offense was from Trout, but I, I do think that there were some key moments there where they the offense got our bullpen a little bit of run support, and our bullpen used that run support to to the fullest. You saw guys like Aaron Loop return to form, three Ks on Sunday yeah. in one inning. And, yeah, uh, Jimmy Hargett was really helpful in that Saturday game. He went he went three and two thirds, one hit holding the lead and and making that doubleheader so much more easier to manage because he really helped save that bullpen. So some great things from the bullpen side as well. How
0: about Kenny Rosenberg on Sunday? How about Four Ken- two Kenny? two thirds, two hits. Kenny. Two or three walks, 1K, 71 pitches. I would have loved to have seen him finish that fifth inning and qualify for the win. I'm not sure what happened there. Maybe he hadn't pitched that much. And so, you know, Nevin's coming out to grab him. And then Quijada comes in and just blows everybody away, which is <laughs> really great to see. But the, the last thing I think that we need to talk about is uh, David McKinnon makes his yes. MLB debut. And he looks like... He looks like Thor. He looks like Noah Syndergaard, <laughs> his twin brother. And by the way, I know that he was tearing it up in AAA, but can somebody, like, fix his batting stance? He, he looks like an old man in, like, a slow-pitch softball league as he stands up at the plate. Right. And if it works, I get it. If it works, but it just didn't look like a major league stance, right? It looked like a – I don't know what it looked like. Maybe it, the slow-pitch softball league is what it looked like.
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah, David McKinnon, he's been tearing it up in AAA. He had, like, a three twenty seven batting average. And prior to that, in AA last year, he had like a 285 batting average. So I imagine somewhere between those two numbers is what you can expect from him. So I hope that he gets more time in the majors because I really think that he can be a helpful backup to Jared Walsh. Perhaps they can get him over to third base. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But when it comes to making moves and making some changes for the team, especially when you need offense, bring up the guys who are hitting. And and I know that he didn't contribute a whole lot this weekend, but... I really think that it's important to bring up some good hitters when you're struggling like the Halos were, and it paid off this weekend. So four out of five, we're happy, and let's keep rolling as a strong offensive team and some good pitching from the Halos. Let's take that into this week.
0: Coming up on Locked On Angels, we're going to open up the mailbag and answer some of your halo questions you've been asking about who's coming up, and so those conversations are coming up. But first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by Athletic Greens. It's time to reclaim your health, Johnny, and to arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition from Athletic Greens. With one scoop of AG1 and a cup of water every day, you can fill your body with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens that's fun to say it's awesome to start your day with this in your body ag1 is lifestyle friendly, so if you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, AG1 will work for you as well. AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, nothing artificial, and it tastes really good. This supplement supports better sleep quality, I need that, and recovery, mental clarity, and alertness. So many people have already tried AG1 and they've loved it. Right now, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts. So go to athleticgreens.com today and start choosing better health. And it gets even better when you go to athleticgreens.com today. Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network. Once again, athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network and take ownership of your health.
1: We want to thank you for making Locked On your first listen of the day. And now for our second segment, we are going to jump into the mailbag. We had lots of good questions. Let's start with an easy one. How about a softball, Mike? (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Let's do this one. From Orange County Gal on Instagram, she asks us, How many games do you typically go to? per season how about you Mike
0: well I'm married and I have three kids and we have busy schedules kids in sports working we have church work and so most often when we go to a game it's normally on a whim where we're like hey, want to go tomorrow? Mm. Or a friend calls and says, hey, we got tickets for tonight. And so I've been to three so far this mm-hmm. year, and, and each game has been a whole lot of fun. We've actually talked about, now that the Angels are, are winning again, we've actually <laughs> talked about it's funny how like, that getting works. the family together and, and going. And so for us, it's like, hey, the kids have to take a day off, or do we have basketball? And so we're hoping to maybe schedule one in in the next week or so. What about you, Johnny?
1: My goal is five to ten games per season and – I think I went to six total last season, and I was actually five four six in my appearances at Angel Stadium, and so I got us five wins. So how about that? Look at you. But yeah, I've only been to one so far this season. I've been slacking, but I think as the summer begins <laughs> and and we start to get into more of a summer routine, I think that we'll be getting to more more games. We've we've had a lot of events. Lately, you know, a yeah. little thing called Father's Day and, and got, uh, yeah. got a wedding yeah. coming up for that. I'm in so stuff. Uh, stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to the next question from A.E. Nikki on Instagram. They ask us, realistically, we only need to be better than the fourth AL East team
0: to get a wild card spot. I hope. <laughs> what uh, yeah. do you think, Mike? Well, I, I like that. That idea of like, hey, let's sneak in. And you made this this point on on Friday's episode. Like we just gotta get in, mm-hmm. right? And once we're in, then we can open up the floodgates and just let the boys play and we don't need to manage like we're managing right now. I I actually think the key to getting in is not beating those East teams, but Mm -hmm. it's actually playing well in our division. We Mm -hmm. haven't done that in years past, but this year has trended in a different direction. And I think the next six games against the Astros, we're going to play three at home and three away, Mm -hmm. are going to be key for us to gain some ground before the All-Star break. What do you think?
1: Yeah, you know, let the AL East teams battle it out because the Yankees are just beating up on everybody over there. And as we know, you play more games within your division. But I do have to say that if those AL East teams are playing each other and just beating each other up, I think we have a pretty good chance of taking advantage of the fact that we're in a we're in the Wild West. I think that we can beat Texas, I think that we can beat the Mariners and the A's, and I think that if we show up against the Astros we'll have a pretty good chance against them as well. But I'm I'm looking at that, you know, for me since day one it's been that wild card spot. I'm looking at that and saying we got to get one of those spots. It's now more than ever because it's so much easier for us. To secure a spot with with three wild card spots in each uh, in each league. So yeah. again, yeah. let's let's beat up on the teams that we can beat up on. And again, let's take advantage of the fact that we do play more West games and let's be good in our division for a change. And so far. Let's go. I think we're doing a pretty good <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah. So far so good, right? How about just underscore Chad's question? If the Angels are still in the mix at the deadline, will they go after a third?
0: Baseman, what do you think, Mike? I don't think so because Rendon is on this team for four more years Hmm. and so I don't think they're going to make a move for a third baseman unless they can get a deal with somebody or it becomes apparent that somebody in the minor leagues needs to come up and play third base I don't think that they will I I think outside of pitching the move that they're going to make is probably shortstop Hmm. and the name Didi Gregorius has been thrown out there I'm not sure if I'm a fan of that or not but I I think that there needs to be and we'll talk about this in a minute but I do think there needs to be an upgrade at shortstop, but I don't think that the Angels are going to make a big impact move with a third baseman because they do have four more years and a big contract with Rendon. What do you think? Uh,
1: you know, the name Miguel Andujar has been been thrown around a lot lately, and especially this true. last week. That's and true. And currently, he's not on the major league team for the Yankees, and that's somebody that they really gave a shot to, and just didn't seem to. Uh, it just didn't seem to have the space for him. Yet and we saw that they you know, they let some other guys walk away and now they're with the twins and they were guys that they really tried to work with on the Yankees. So I really think that these these Yankee players who don't have spots on the major league team thrive when they get to other yeah. teams and, and yeah. have a full time job. So I really think if the, if the price is right for the Angels and the Yankees, I really think they can make use of, of Anduhar at third base for the rest of this season and then perhaps you you make a change and maybe Rendon does come back or maybe Rendon they want to take it easy on his body and put him at first base when when Walsh isn't playing or perhaps Andrew Har moves to to short I don't, I'm not quite sure if he is capable of that but I really yeah. think that that would be an interesting move and kind of a game-winning move he's he's a proven prospect right? At, by right. all accounts. Like he's somebody who can come on this team and contribute for sure.
0: Actually like that. Hey. So I, th- I think I might need to change my perspective here and say, <laughs> Miguel Andujar, let's grab all the Yankees we can because that yeah. team is incredible right now. Right? <laughs> man.
1: How about Maxwell underscore the man 44? He said, is
0: Trout in the running For the MVP, what do you think, Mike? 100%. I think Trout's always going to be in the running, but Mm -hmm. I think after this weekend, he has stamped himself as one of the top three in the running for MVP.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously Aaron Judge is kind of running away with that right now, just the way that he's playing out of his shoes. I know he's hit a lot of home runs in uh you know kindergarten park i mean uh, yankee stadium but uh <laughs> slip of the tongue uh, sorry yeah have that <laughs> happen but uh you know trout is always in the running for mvp and i think that he certainly made a case for himself this weekend and i hope he takes that mvp caliber uh player that he is into this series coming up against the royals and then the mariners again I mean, we need him to be MVP level, and what's funny is they compare weighted runs created plus a lot of the times between players, and and you you look at somebody like Machado, who has, like, he just had an ankle injury, and he's been playing a lot, and he's in the running for the NL MVP, and they were saying, oh, I I wish I knew the number off the top of my head, but it was something like a, he's got a 173 weighted runs created plus. This is amazing. Well, Trout's just casually doing what he does every season and he also has a 173 (laughs) weighted runs created plus so all these people that are like wow this is incredible yeah trout's trout's already doing that he's already been (laughs) doing that and he will
0: continue to do that (laughs) Well, we got more from the mailbag. You sent in a lot of great questions. We'll answer those in just a minute. But first, Lockdown Angels is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts.
1: Continuing with our mailbag segment for our final segment of the day, let's go to uh, Fast Times Under the Halos question from Instagram. Do you think this weekend series at Seattle is what the team needed to turn it around? What do you think, Mike? I'm
0: going to say yes but cautiously, because sure. we kind of expected this. Mm-hmm. We expected the Angels to beat up on the bad teams. Now, good teams beat up on the bad teams, so what happened this weekend is fantastic. And again, I think that the difference between the Angels being good again versus being mediocre was that they won four games and not three, right? Mm-hmm. And so they took four or five, which was incredible. I just, I'm just i cautiously optimistic sure. because I know that we're playing some not-so-great teams. I'm really interested to see what happens with the Royals this week and then we play the Mariners again next weekend and so I'm cautiously optimistic but you have to believe that this is like a a shot of adrenaline for them because they've been playing so terribly and their offense hasn't been great that's going to be the key though is they can't they can't find themselves where they were against Robbie Ray and not getting a hit until late in the game. They have to be able to have consistent hitting all the way through that lineup.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you on the, uh, the cautious optimism because we knew that this would be a series that we could, we could take. And I like what you said, a good team takes four out of five, a a fine team takes three out of five, but I understand the uh, hesitation to, fully invest in the team yet, but I will say to answer the question, is this what they needed to turn it around? Yeah. You got to find your mojo again, and you're not going to find your, the good qualities about your game against tough teams. And then you play another tough team. Then you play another tough team and you just feel like you're getting run into the ground. And so for these guys to swing the bat and go, Oh, that's a home run to go in the dugout and put on the cowboy hat for our bullpen to come out and actually get a clean inning and and K the side or Rysel to come in and, and get a save. By the way, I love Quijada getting the save and doing the Rysel point at the yes, end of that, that was game. Great. That was incredible. That was great. Um, yeah, for these guys to just get some confidence back. And yes, it is against a team that's not the Yankees or the Dodgers, but you're not going to find that confidence in, if you keep getting beat and beat into the ground the way that they were. So this series against a team that we could beat up on gives me hope. And I will say that the Mariners always get our goat. They have in the past and they've always made every game interesting. And this, this weekend, not all that interesting. It was a lot of fun for us, but it wasn't, it wasn't competitive and that's fine. We want to win. We don't need a competitive game, but it was good to see these guys start swinging the bats. Well, again, and pitching very, very well again. Yeah. Let's go to C.S. Uh, oh, C. Smith. Smith. I can't even read. C. Smithers <laughs> Jr. response. His question was, at what point can the Halos not let Squid be the starting shortstop with his bat being a zero? Yeah.
0: <laughs> what do you think? Mike? Yeah. Listen, I, I against these bad teams, I think that you can allow him to try to figure it out. This might be the week, that he yeah. is given space to figure it out. But here's the reality. Who else are you gonna put in there? Are you gonna put Tyler Wade at shorts? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna put, fill in the blank, right? Like who, <laughs> who's gonna be who's there, right? Who's next? Our, our, yeah, our depth is, is not really deep at all, and so, i think velasquez because of his defense is going to continue to be in there but if they had somebody in the minor leagues that they could bring up and back him up then i think that they would probably make that move sooner rather than later but it seems like they want to use tyler wade in a few different spots Mm -hmm. on the infield and in the outfield and so i don't see velasquez going anywhere i'm just hopeful i like him I like him a lot. I'm just hopeful that maybe against these teams that aren't really great, he can actually string some hits together. Hmm. I I, I just think you you can't hide his bat, especially when we're all going cold. And so that's when he really stands out like a sore thumb.
1: Yeah, you know what? No more Tyler Wade in the outfield for me, by the way. No, (laughs) no, I'm with you, 100%. All that's wrong with Velasquez is his approach. I I watch him swing at three... Uh, pitches out of the zone against the Mariners, and I think it was his, his last at bat of the game on Sunday. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? What are you yeah. seeing? What are you looking at? Yeah, I, I mean, have a conversation with Mike Trout, who apparently is seeing the ball very, very well in in yep. Seattle, and and take some of that wisdom from Mike Trout and and learn from him and start making better contact because there's something about him in the same way like Shohei. All that Shohei needs to do is make contact, and it's usually yeah. a base hit. Yeah. I think Velasquez has that same capability, but the problem is he, does, he doesn't make contact. He's swinging right. and missing at stuff, right. and, and you and I have said for weeks, stop trying to be Barry Bonds, stop trying to be the hero, and do your job, which is here's your box, stay in it, and, yep. and get those base hits, get those walks, and stop swinging for the fences, yeah. And, and, again, I, I don't know what he's seeing up there, but I think somebody needs to have a conversation about, like, just make contact, dude. Just, just put the bat on the ball. Stop reaching for stuff. Stop chasing stuff, you know?
0: Yeah, I talked about the approach of the Angel starters and bullpen people this Mm -hmm. weekend against the Mariners. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but the Mariners' approach against our hitters was the top of the zone and above. Mm -hmm. They were throwing fastballs to the top of the zone and above, and then Sunday's pitcher, that young guy, he's got a fiery arm. That's (laughs) a... Oh, like, man, why can't I think of his name? I know his, his name's uh, skipping me at the moment, but it'll come to us in a moment. But he was he was doing top of the zone and away from left-handed batters, and he was doing that every single time with Velasquez. Logan Gilbert. Thank you very yes. much. That's who why you on the Who team. is
1: Jared Weaver reincarnated, but with higher velocity. There's your Jared Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Have you seen the way he delivers the ball? It's like uncanny, man. I love it.
0: Yeah, oh, I just man. I just want I just want those Angel hitters to notice like they're going to they're going to try to get you out with that fastball just above the zone and mm-hmm. Velasquez specifically and <laughs> Shohei by the way, yeah. they've been doing that to him every single time. And so if they can actually stop swinging at those balls out of the zone, I think that we'll actually see some improvement in their batting averages, Velasquez specifically.
1: Definitely. All right, 7 yellow cards. His question was, in your opinion, is Rendon's surgery the death nail? For the Halos 2022 season What do you think?
0: No four more years of Rendon Is not going to be the death nail I think that the surgery Gives him with hope that, that next year he'll have a healthy season. I know hmm. we said this last year when he had surgery on his hips, but I don't think it's the death nail at all. I think that a healthy Rendon is the goal, and when he's healthy, he'll be fantastic. Mm-hmm. We just have had some really, really bad luck with big free agent signings, and so this is just like another, like, ah, this is terrible. Yeah, right? I,
1: I thought I saw somewhere that he apologized to the guys in the locker room about this and and having to have surgery, and it was something that he was hoping to, to play through. Um... I, I don't think it's a death nail either because, let's be honest, how much did he really contribute through right. these first three months, right? right? And and while it was great when he did contribute, you know, getting the walk-off against Washington on Mother's Day and whatnot, um, it was it was not the Anthony Rendon that we expected. Now, I will say right. this. 2020 Anthony Rendon was fully healthy, and though he got off to a slow start in that 60-game sprint, he was like – I. I say this all the time, top 10 and MVP voting because he had that good of a season. Yeah. And I think that we were hoping that we could get back to that Rendon now that the hip problems were out of the way, but then another issue comes up and it's his wrist. And I guess the hope there is let's get him healthy so that he can contribute, but let, let's not let it be a neck thing next year or a shoulder thing next year, right. or, you right. know, a toe thing the year after yeah. that, like that's going to be frustrating. So yeah, I, like I said, We've been getting along just fine without him, and I think that we will be able to continue to get along without him. And again, like we said, we had some good trade situations that we could kind of make happen there as well. Last question also comes from Seven Yellow Card. He says Also, do you think it's too late to trade Adele? for pitching. What do you say, Mike?
0: I think Adele is an attractive piece. I don't know if he's as attractive as he was before the season. However, when he was brought up this last round, you've shared those stats Mm -hmm. and he he looked good, right? And so I think that when you're going to trade for an Adele, he's probably going to be a plus one. You're going to trade for this person and Adele, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think he might be the the plus one, the added in to a trade deal. Mm. I, I actually would I'd love to see him continue to play on this team, and I am an advocate for him to be on the Major League roster right now because he is going to be so much better than any fourth outfielder, whether it's Wade or even Juan Ligaris. (laughs) I think he's going to be so much better than anybody we have on the team right now. Plus, he's bringing his energy, he's bringing his joy, and I think that that's something that is going to help this team and the culture of this team moving forward. Yeah, I'm not
1: ready to see him go. I mean... I think that the Angels, if you if you look at some of the pieces they have in their system, and again, you, you never know with prospects how they're going to turn out, but if you look at some of the pieces they have, they have a wealth of, of pieces to trade from, and in particular, it's that young pitching that they drafted last year in the draft. And if you want somebody who's going to help you win now, say, for example, Chris Bassett. I know he's on the Mets. They're not getting rid of him, but let me just say, like, if the Mets – wanted to get rid of a guy that had half a year left on his contract and we needed somebody like that. The Mets are going to want good pitching in return. And for the first time in a while, it seems like we have those pitching prospects. So I'm not sure that Joe Adele is the piece to trade. I think he's the piece to keep around. And I know that the problem is that, well, if he's a fourth outfielder, he's not playing every day, but we just saw Taylor Ward out for about two weeks and who could have stepped in that? Joe Adele. He could have played right. every day. You know, right. Him and Marsh and Trout could have played the outfield. So I, I really think that was a missed opportunity there, but we'll see what happens with Adele. I, I don't think that he's the centerpiece of a, of a big trade. I think he has value, but I don't think that the Angels will want to send him off or let him go.
0: I love prospect talk, and I love talking about baseball prospects, mm-hmm. but I also love talking about the NBA prospects, and if you are somebody that's interested in the NBA, you should check out the Ultimate NBA Mocked Draft. Make that your second listen today. The first picks of this draft have been made. You can search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft right now, and you're going to get 50 insiders, the sports experts, the draft experts of, of Locked On NBA and the big board. They're going to tell you who who should draft who and where they're gonna get drafted? The five-episode ultimate NBA mock draft is underway and you should check it out.
1: If you guys want to give us a follow on Twitter, you can reach us at Locked On Angels. Keep up with the podcast. Every time a new episode drops, we'll put it out there for you. And of course, you can catch Mike and I at Super Halo Bros on both twitter and instagram for the best angels memes in the game i had (laughs) trout holding up beckham uh this weekend but the face of beckham was the mariners logo because you're the king at that bro trout was their dad (laughs) this weekend and how
0: appropriate on father's day it was Uh, good what do we have on deck for tomorrow mike All right, so Rendon is out. He's injured. We're frustrated. And so tomorrow, John and I are going to look at those big money contracts that the (laughs) Angels signed since 2010. Were any of these contracts any good? We'll talk about that tomorrow on Locked on Angels. All right, looking forward to that conversation. In the meantime, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Happy
1: Monday to you. Make it a good one, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked on Angels.